Hey there, you're listening to the Not So Breakfast Show with Sasha Endish. Welcome to the Not So Breakfast Show today, and this is the one about going from small talk to big talk. But before we get into explaining what that topic is all about, Sasha Coburn, how has your day been? Well, you have just given us an excellent example of small talk right there. And when we break down like the mechanics of small talk, there's a couple of like tips and tricks that we're going to share with you today. And what I love about this topic is it's something that's close to your heart because are you or are you not a fan of small talk, Ishma? <laughs> I am not a fan of small talk. In fact, one of my most uncomfortable moments is just the supermarket conversation where someone you kind of know comes up and you, they want to have a conversation and you don't really know what to talk about and I just want to keep moving down the aisle but I'm forced to stand there and, oh, like I hate that. Then you amplify it again with those forced networking events. So I am keen to pick your brain unpack some of the tools that we've been talking around around how to take small talk and get it into big talk, get it into conversation that means something, that has impact, that's useful. Oh, yes, let's do that. Yes, indeed. But maybe before we get into that, can we just talk about the fact that you've got a burner phone? Okay, so <laughs> I don't really have a burner phone, but what happens when we record these uh, these episodes is Ash and I will go back and forth on text. We share some ideas and we get ready. So we're just about to record today, and I'm like, "Oh, where's where's the content? You text it to me, but it's not on my text machine." It's just like, "Yeah, no, I text it to you. I've got my phone, and I'm like, no, you didn't. You must have emailed it. I'm such a like a snotty cow. You must have emailed it." It's like, no, I'm pretty sure I texted it. Then I went, oh, that's right. It's on my other phone. And as soon as I said other phone, Ish was like, oh, my God, you're breaking bad. You're a drug dealer now. Why do you have two phones? I only have two phones because I'm technologically challenged. I purchased a new phone, and there's a couple of apps that are now like they've died and the only way to keep them alive is to keep your old phone going. So until I work out a way how to transfer the data, I mean, look, no one's listening anymore. It's so boring. Are you still playing Flappy Bird? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh you might have the only phone left with Flappy Bird. Okay, well, I feel a little bit better now because I was trying to, you know, think about how you were doing all this international travel and, and drug dealer did jump into mine. But now, no, no, you're just epic businesswoman, two phones. Old lady. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. All right. So why don't we talk about the ability to just start conversations? So maybe you're forced together and it's the party, it's the office meeting, it's the networking event, and you kind of got to start that base level conversation. And this is where I struggle because I guess when I'm doing the big talk, which might be on a stage, might be, you know, I've been asked to present. I've got a platform, I've got a topic, I've got the stage, I've got the mic, I've got the right to just own the room. But when it's just me and Jeff, <laughs> it's just, poor Jeff. Poor Jeff. <laughs> How do you kind of start those conversations? Like, what do you do in those situations? Well, I've, let me share a couple of things. First of all, I think you want to go into those situations that are like networking situations. Mm. You've got to go in with a plan. But some of these rules apply to just every element of small talk 
you could ever be involved in. And maybe you are at a party or a dinner party or you're the plus one going with your partner to their work function. And everybody there knows each other except for all the partners. And yeah, that's a bit yucky. So what you want to make sure that you do is that you have like a bank of questions that you can ask. And the best questions are always going to be the questions that start with the four W's and the H. What, where, why, who, and how. And the reason you go in with those questions is that they lead to an open-ended answer. They don't just lead to a binary Mm. yes or no. So you want to give the other person you're speaking with a platform to springboard off so that they can answer the question and then you can follow that up with another question or offer some information yourself. It's a really nice thing to do to offer something of yourself and then ask a question. So it's like this exchange, this reciprocity. So I might come up to you and say, oh, hello, I'm Sasha. This is actually my first time at one of these events. Do you have a burner phone? <laughs> have you been as a yes no right so you might say um hi my name's Sasha this is actually my first time here how many times have you been oh it's my first time too or I've been here two or three times so something that l- lets people springboard off what it is that you have asked so think about what are a whole lot of open-ended questions that you can ask and have them relate to what it is that you are doing there so if it's a staff party and you're going along with your partner you say oh hi I'm Sasha I've come along uh, with Chris tonight do you work here or have you come along with someone else as well and you get going I like that because sometimes I I get a little bit uh, self-absorbed too quickly so they might be asking me a question because they may be trying to initiate the conversation and they might ask me around things like so what have you been up to lately and then I go into what I've been up to lately but I've often found that people ask the question that they want to answer themselves. So when I answer the question around what I've been up to lately, there's a politeness that says, well, what have you been up to lately? And then that invites them into the conversation, which they wanted to talk about in the first place. Have you been anywhere on holiday lately? Oh, yes, I've done this and this and this. And then if you don't actually ask them where they've been on holiday, well, they just walk away and go, well, that ish was a bit of an arsehole. (laughs) It's really hard for them to weave their story in. It's also really hard to lead with your own story. Hi, I'm Sasha. I've just come along with Chris tonight, and uh, I've recently returned from Finland. (laughs) You just can't kind of weave it in um, unless you get an opening to do that. So think about what your where, why, how, who, those open questions, and be prepared with a set of them that are related to why you are at the place or at the event not just random ones. So let's say you are in a networking event. You don't want to lead with going, hi, my name's Ish, really pleased to meet you. What sport do you play? Like if sport Mm. is not in the topic or in the realm of what people are being brought together to discuss, then it's really random when you come in with things like that. Yeah. And this is where maybe you might be quite good one-on-one in like a coaching conversation because you're there to ask questions with the intent to understanding you're exploring but often when it's that superficial level of conversation it's like how am I going to get out of this as quickly as possible or how do I get into something interesting I tend to get up in my head quite quick and it's almost like I'm thinking of my next question or the thing I want to ask them and I'm not listening to anything Mm. that they're saying because I'm too busy thinking about what my next question is as opposed to maybe when I'm in a coaching conversation where I'm 
naturally inquisitive and asking them to explain a little bit more or expand on that. It's such a boring old cliche that the biggest gift you can give to somebody is your presence. But they say people like Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, leaders of that ilk, one of their superpowers is that when they speak to you, you feel as if you are the only person in the Mm. universe then. And that's a real gift that we can give people is not to stare intently into their eyes, but to also just really listen, not in an ooky way, but just in a, we've got all the time in the world, nobody's rushing, let's just have a conversation. And uh, one of my favorite love stories is David Mitchell and Victoria Corin Mitchell. And the ebook that I read, I was going to say I read myself to sleep with. That's not what I mean. I listen to it to help me sleep sometimes. There's a chapter on where they first met and they met at a function and they basically bonded over how hard they both found it to make small talk. And they they decided they were just going to stick together for the rest of the night so they didn't actually have to talk to anybody else <laughs> because it's not an Love easy it. thing to do. And, that, you know, they got married and it's a beautiful story. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I got another small talk story for you. Oh, okay. So I was uh, hosting an event uh, last week here in uh, Kirikiriroa, Hamilton. It was Chelsea Lane. So she's a phenomenal woman who has won a couple of NBA rings with the Golden State Warriors. She's an Aussie who's married to a Kiwi, so she's a bit of a Kiwi now. And she's worked in high-performance sport in uh, New Zealand and then got this dream job to go and work for the Golden State Warriors. So they won back-to-back championships in the NBA. So the highest-performing environment uh, you can possibly imagine. So I got to MC and interview her, host her uh, at this lunch event in Hamilton. And so I invited Tiger to come along. So he came along and it's a little bit of a networking lunch beforehand. And I said to Tiger, just find someone and chat to them. You'll be fine. So I looked out over the lunch and Tiger was talking to this guy who, from what I could tell, was on his own. Tiger was on his own and the two of them are chatting. So I can see they're both working hard to establish some commonality, to work out you know, what they could talk about while they have their lunch together and they wait for the big event. So I looked at this guy and I just looked down at his name badge. And I shit you not, this is a true story. I looked at him, I looked at his name badge, and I said, oh, you've met my son, Tiger. I'm about to blow your mind. I'm going to tell you what your parents' names are. And the guy goes, okay, then. I said, your parents are called Tom and Glenda. And when they got married, they didn't have a bridesmaid or a groomsman. They just had a little flower girl who was seven years old. And that was me. (laughs) (laughs) It was just this thing where the guy's like, oh, my God. So when you live in a tiny place like New Zealand, there's every possibility that if you just ask enough questions, perhaps the two of them would have got there to the fact that while they thought they were two strangers that had no connection talking, actually one of their mothers was the flower girl for their other ones, you know, speaking well. But what I loved about that was that there were two people who were working hard to make a connection in that environment. And that's what you got to do. you got to give it a go, right? Yeah, that's right. And I think there's a couple of dangers with certain types of personalities because they're trying to – maybe do some really tacky rapport building, right? So they either go too generic and, oh, ish, that's an interesting name. Where's that from? It's just like, dude, I get asked that question all the time. 
so for me, I I don't particularly like that. Or they go so big where it's like, hi, Ish, how have you changed the world today? <laughs> I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. I changed my undies. Is that enough? Yeah, exactly. I don't know how I changed the world today, but I had a quite a nice lunch. Should we talk about that? You can get a T-shirt that says it's from the Bible, not <laughs> the novel. We'll be right back. Do you spend too much time planning out and then freaking out about your upcoming presentations? Then the 30-minute presenter program is for you. With our audio-based training program, you can literally learn the art of presenting while walking, driving, or even in the bath. Imagine Sasha and I right there with you. Well, not in the bath, but in your ears, unpacking our 40 years of combined experience in this impactful upskill. Learn to craft messages that matter, engage an audience, and overcome those nerves. So join the 30-minute presenter program. The link is in the show notes. Get started today. Well, I used to carry a card in my wallet. I think you might remember this, where it was like, if anyone ever asked me about my name, I used to just pull out the card and it had commonly asked questions and it had like four. But I, I remember um, handing it to someone and they did not like it very much. So I haven't. I, I like I like the one that really tall guys wear, and it says the weather's fine. Yeah, what's well, the weather so, like up there? Yeah, because sometimes we do default into that cliche. I mean, we're kind of doing it because we want to have a conversation with them, but some of it's predictable and some of it's just not helpful. And I think, like to your point, that's where like a list of questions or something that's topical or. Um, you know, something that we can have a talk about that maybe everyone's got in common at the moment, you know, that is an easier way into the conversation. Then we start to level it up. I mean, there's nothing worse than when two people meet and you think you know each other and then about three or four minutes and you realize that you don't know each other and you're kind of like, I'm too far in. So, all right, I'm on my way now. <laughs> I don't know if that's worse than the reverse, which is so going into the coffee shop today, woman came out, she said, Sasha, hi. And I went, hi. She said, oh, it's so great to see you. It's been a few years now. And I'm like, yeah. She goes, I'm retired now. And I'm like, great from what <laughs> and honestly my brain is so sore from trying to work out how I know her so I I got the fact that her name is Paulette eventually I got the fact that her husband's name's John not helping still completely <laughs> blanked and and I and I know that I know her because her face is very familiar yeah. so I said to her look I would love to catch up for coffee sometime please give uh, the team your phone number and I'll ring you and hopefully your answer phone will say, hi, you've reached Paulette from, and that's going to help me. But, oh, tough. And you know what? I think if you do see something like that and you don't recognize them or, you, you know, you can't place them, it's much better early in the conversation to just go, oh, Paulette, great to see you. Sorry, just remind me of our connection. And yeah. even though you feel like a real Wally, not as bad as I feel now, which is I let the conversation go too long waiting for my brain to kick in. It hasn't kicked in, and there's no going back now. Yeah. If you're listening, Paulette, reveal yourself. (laughs) (laughs) This skill set is one of those crucial ones when it comes to your uh, networking ability, your career development, because it's building relationships, connecting, 
But sometimes it's using that skill set, even in like a phone conversation where you might be ringing someone up for the first time. And often we try to default into too much small talk. So the person doesn't know why you're calling. So it's almost like the small talk to then get to the point where you can start to wrap it up like, hey, Dave, my name is Zish. Hope you're enjoying this beautiful day out in the sun. The reason for my call is da 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 So you kind of can use a statement or something that's going on to then shape it in and give them the reason. And then you can kind of build in small talk as you go as well, rather than, hey, how's your day been? And they're like, dude, who are you? What is it about? Why are you calling me? Well, that's that's such a great point. So many people ring in a business context to me. Hello, mm. Sasha. How are you going? I'll tell you how I'm going. Out the door. <laughs> yeah. Who, who are you and what are you to me? Because what, do I want to tell you about my menopause pains right now <laughs> or what? You know, what are you particularly interested in? So much better for someone to just go, hi, Sasha, I'm Nick and I'm calling for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's it. So again, this can be things we practice and it might be your list of questions, your list of intros to a phone conversation. Uh, sometimes if you're speaking, it's often really good at the beginning to do a little bit of shaking hands, going around, kissing babies, doing all the stuff we do to build connection and rapport. The skill set is the same as on stage often. It's just that there's when you're on the stage, there's not the same two-way interaction as there is one-on-one. But sometimes when you're in that one-on-few conversations where there's three or four of you, sometimes including other people in the conversation uh, is quite a good idea where you introduce someone else and you say, oh, you know, this is Jeff. He's just joined our business. He was saying the other day this great example of blah, 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 and then he might tell that story. So you set them up on a platform that allows them to then have a conversation and then all of a sudden you're almost like facilitating the conversation more than just being in it. And yeah, I love that facilitator role because so often in say a group of three or four people, one person is telling story after story. And if that's not you, you can identify that and say, oh, great story. That reminds me of Sarah, you had something the other day and then rather than take the limelight back to yourself you actually deflect it to another person to involve them if you are the person that's telling story after story you just want to switch on your self-awareness and go sometimes I'm that person it's because you're just trying to get some momentum going the challenge for us is to remember to tell a story and then ask someone else you know tell your funniest story make everybody wet their pants with laughter and then just say so uh, what do you guys got (laughs) what what, what do you guys got that's better than that because I got more where that came from well we can listen to your boring (laughs) shit if you Thank you very much. I'll be here all night. (laughs) Thank you very much. Tips in the jar. Tips in the jar. Okay, so when you go to a networking event, one of the things you want to be clear about is rather than saying, what can I get from this, is to say, what can I give? What can I offer to others that might be of benefit or is useful to them? Know absolutely who you are trying to meet in the room. So are you trying to meet someone that can help you with a particular thing? Is there a particular business that you want to connect with? But also be clear on what you can offer to others. And that can be a thing to lead with. So if it is a specific, like we're here to network, is to say, look, I'm here from uh, Les Mills. And at the moment, one of the things that we're really finding challenging is blah, 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 blah. I wonder, how are you guys experiencing that in your business? Uh, One of the things we're having some success with is we've just rolled up a whole new digital plan. And I wonder if that's something that you guys are having challenges with. You know, be happy to share some of the insights that we've learned along 
and away you go. Yeah, I love that. Even a situation where you maybe manage to organize a coffee chat with someone who's a little bit higher up and you want to get some advice, don't waste their time. Like, don't spend the first 15 minutes of your 20-minute conversation just doing small talk that doesn't get anywhere and then suddenly the last five you ask them the question that you want. Like, maximize the time. So spend a little bit of time setting the scene, a little bit of time uh, sort of connecting and then just get to the meat of it. Like, if you want to know how they have got so successful at what they're doing, then maybe just ask them that. Like, you know, I'm really new to this type of work. I'm just wondering if you could give me some advice around how you have progressed through the company or how you've got successful in your role. Yes, and when you're asking for someone's time like that, the very worst thing that you can do is email or ring them and say, hey, Sasha, just um, just wondered if I could have like an hour of your time just to pick your brain. No, <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, I just wondered if I could have like 20 minutes to pick your brain. No. No, you can't. But if you can specifically say, hey, I'd love to have a coffee with you. I'm interested in ABC. Then that gives me a frame. I go, sure, no problem. I would love to help with that. Many people who have some things to offer want to help, but they're not going to give you an hour of their time because you want to quote unquote pick their brain. Absolutely. And just because you've got time doesn't necessarily mean they've got time. And the, the quantity of the time may not be equal so someone else's 15 minutes is a big investment as opposed to your hour and a half because you know you just wanted to shoot the breeze and you didn't have much on one of the things that I sometimes do when I'm asking people uh, for help is I often try and pick a quirky amount of time and then hold myself to it so I'll send a text that says you know g'day John would really love some help on a legal matter that I'm grappling with at the moment in the property market. I reckon I need seven minutes. Mm. And then when John answers, I say, G'day, John, Sasha here, seven minutes starting now. How are you? Good. And then you're racing through. So see if you can be six minutes or eight mm. minutes or and then actually be disciplined about that. And if the person slows you down and says, actually, you know what? I've got 15 minutes. We don't have to go so quickly. You go, great. Okay. Yeah. But be respectful of their time by being ready and and going straight to the nub of what your issue or challenge or what your ask is. Because if you blow it, you'll never get their time again, often. So if they actually quite enjoyed chatting with you, you were concise in your thoughts, you'd done your prep, it was really short amount of time, impactful. When you ask again, they're more likely to say, sure, I can help you with that because last time was a good investment as opposed to actually you kind of wasted my last conversation yeah or you didn't do the things that I offered last time so that's okay but tell me why you didn't if you're then going to want my time again all right so hopefully you've kind of been inspired to maybe practice a bit invest some time hone the skill hone the craft around those casual conversations that can start simple and maybe get into something a little bit more impactful because there is honestly something interesting about everyone. And if we can figure out how to have good conversations, suddenly we unpack some great nuggets of information and we think, wow, that was a really good conversation, but they often don't happen by accident and people that are better rehearsed at it are more likely to get there. I think you have nailed a key point. It's not about being interesting. It's about being interested. I actually think one of the coolest conversations I've had most recently, and the guy I had it with probably doesn't think so, but we were doing a husky ride 
in Finland. So I was sitting in the sleigh and he was the husky driver. And it's an incredibly snowy, freezing cold day. I'm wearing every possible uh, piece of clothing I've taken with me. I'm sitting on a husky fleece. I've got a husky fleece on top of me. I've got a snow goggles on. You can imagine I look like the abominable snowman. And as we're going along, I'm going, so Ilka, tell me about your business in London. And he's going, well, this is what we do. And I just, every answer he had, I just had another question. And I didn't have to think about how am I going to have this chat with someone I don't really know and he's driving me and I'm in the sleigh. It could have been super awkward. But every answer just led to another question. And he was really interesting, but also I was interested. And he might think I'm the most boring person in the world because I didn't talk about myself at all. It wasn't about making myself interesting. It was about saying, how can I actually learn something? And it was just incredible. Thank you, Ilka. But I think you also closed out on a great point as well. People often like to talk about themselves. And if small talk is something you struggle with, the sooner you can get the person talking about themselves, the easier it often is. And if you can shape that conversation in a way that taps into stuff they haven't talked about before, then those conversations can be really interesting and meaty. Yeah, love this genuine curiosity. All right, so it's a little later in the evening uh, tonight, Sash, that we're recording because you're off to Japan to see the blossoms. So we're recording later on a Monday night. But I'm interested, what's on your agenda? Because you have had to check the potatoes during this. Uh, I've got one of my minions uh, doing the potatoes for <laughs> for me. <laughs> but you've checked the potatoes. But what's kind of happening in the evening for you today? So it's 6.30 now. I've got, I'm going to finish dinner between 6.30 and 7. I've got a 7 o'clock training session. I've got a 7.30 call. I've got an 8 o'clock call. Then I'm going to pack. You know what I'm really good at doing now? Sorry to just be like blowing smoke up my own ass, but I'm really good at just writing a list before I pack Nice, and just being really disciplined about packing to the list. So things like passport, uh, electrical adapters Mm. for Japan and, you know, those kind of things. And just the more and more I travel, the lighter I travel. I'm almost at the stage now where I could almost just take myself and be okay with that. Whereas, you know, even to... Or like pre-COVID, I just travel with everything just in case, and I'm much less just in case now. Oh, man, I'm going to take a leaf out of your book, though, because I literally travel, like, with my whole life. Like, Did you I, take all of your bikinis to yeah, Fiji? Yeah, I took all of my bikinis. I, I Honestly, I took a whole big suitcase full of clothes, and I think I wore the same pair of shorts for three days. Exactly, right? <laughs> that's like, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what happened. So I've noticed that over time. And it doesn't matter what you pack, you only wear these three things. So yeah. Just take those three things. And we're going to do family movie night tonight, oh. which is exciting at 8 o'clock. I'm going to fold the washing. And Have you got your okay. movie picked? Yes, we are watching Murder Mystery 2. Oh, just watched it with Jennifer it Aniston. Good? Don't know, I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Joe watched I'll, it. She loved I'll it. Tell, I'll tell Chris that. 